Please rise as you are able for the reading of today's scripture from Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 through 20. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he is the Messiah. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Well, friends, what a day it is to be a part of God's kingdom in Brentwood United Methodist Church. What you have witnessed today uh, will also be happening at 9.45 and 11 with uh, other students. We have a total of 111 confirmands who will be confirmed and family members included. That's about 135 persons today, and that's kind of like starting a new church kind of like that. And so what a blessing it is for us to witness this. I don't know if you've noticed it or not. I know Maggie has noticed it. Maggie, who does such a terrific work with our students, our confirmands. Have you all noticed that sixth graders are a little smarter than they used to be? Have you noticed that? They are. Uh, This is the first confirmation class where in an interview, I actually had one of the sixth graders come to me and want to explain to me the Wesleyan quadrilateral uninvited. I didn't even ask it. But he explained it to me, which is very timely because I'm going to preach on it next week. I'm going to plagiarize most of what he told me last week. Uh, Not to be outdone, Lane Davis also told me that there was a student in his interview who explained to him the Chalcedonian Creed. Now, that's brilliant. That's amazing. We're very proud of our students today who are leading the way who by your confession of faith are teaching us today. We're grateful for the grace of God that we see in you, and we do, not just today, but during your lives, especially during these last four months. I want to say to you that the decision that you have just made before us today is, I think, life's most important decision. Now, some of your fathers, if you're girls, may disagree that they might think the most important decision you make is another time at an altar based on who your spouse will be someday. But all other decisions in your life, including spouse or college or vocation, will be based on the decision that you made just now before us, the confession of faith. It's interesting to me that Paul writes to the Romans, if you confess your faith If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved through the confession. Saved from what? Saved from sin, which you have confessed repentance of. Saved from death. Saved from a life that is meaningless for a life of purpose. 
and you have made a confession of faith this morning, and I want to take just a few minutes to talk to you about what I think that means. Ben and Daisy, thank you for reading our Scripture. You have alerted us to the fact that Simon Peter was the first person to ever make a confession of faith according to Matthew's Gospel. Simon Peter was a blue-collar worker. He was a fisherman from Galilee. He was raised in a tiny fishing village called Bethsaida. I have visited that village before, which is located just on the northeastern shore of the Sea of Galilee. Simon was called out by Jesus as one of the 12 apostles to follow him. Simon hung out with Jesus. He listened to what Jesus said. He watched what Jesus did. He, like you, participated in a small group with Jesus. And Simon realized that this rabbi was no ordinary rabbi. So that when Jesus posed the question, who do you say that I am, Simon was ready also to make his confession of faith. He said essentially what you have said. He said, you're the Messiah. You are the Christ. You are the face of God. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, Simon, you didn't figure this out on your own. You didn't come to this confession by reading a book or by a clever sermon. My Father, God, has revealed this to you. Paul said something very similar to what Jesus said. He said that nobody can say that Jesus is Lord unless the Holy Spirit is in you. And so the confession that you have made today is a sign to the rest of us that the Lord is working in you. And Simon confessed his faith as you have. Now, it's interesting that after Simon confessed his faith in Jesus, what did Jesus do? He renamed Simon. In other words, he gave him a new identity. He said, no longer will I call you Simon, but from now on I'll call you Peter. And the Greek word is Petros. You know what it means? It means it's not really a name. It's a thing. It means rock. And Jesus says, I'm giving you a new name I'm going to build my church on your faith. On this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades can't stop it. It's also interesting that this is not only the first confession of faith in Matthew, it's also the first time that the word church is mentioned. And the word church is not a building. The church is is not an edifice. It's not an institution The church is a community, it's a family, it's a fellowship. And so the confession of faith is not only a revelation about who Jesus is, but confession of faith also gives you a new name, it gives you a new identity, and it places you in this community with us because you cannot live out your faith alone. We need each other, we need you, you need us. We're a family. I don't know if David Albright is here this morning. He's one of our members, a senior adult who once upon a time played football at the University of Vanderbilt. He's a friend of mine and a member, David Albright, was studying family history, his own history, his ancestry. And David called me one day. He said, I made an interesting discovery. I said, what is it? He said, I discovered that my great-great-great-grandmother 
whose name was Prudence, was the sister of your great-great-great-grandfather, who was, whose name was William Chapel. So it turns out that David Albright, I've known him for five years, suddenly we discover that we're related. He's not only a parishioner, he's my cousin, David Albright, which explains to me why all chapels are brilliant, because they're all bright. <laughs> now, the truth is that David Albright has had to be placed in a grief support group because of his discovery. <laughs> but I tell you that to say this, it turns out that this man that I've known for five years is not just my friend, he's my family. And so I say that as a warning too, be careful what you say about your pastor to David Albright. <laughs> be careful what you say about David Albright to your pastor because we're family. And this morning, because of the confession of faith, we can say the same thing about you. Because of your confession, because of our shared commitment of faith, we're all kinfolk. We love you. We're family. In the vow that you made this morning, and you made four of them, you not only confess Jesus as your Savior who saves you from sin, but you also made a promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church, all of us, the church of Christ. Now, that's a privilege, but it's more than that. It's a responsibility. And so we have asked you, will you be faithful to the church with your prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness? And students, we expect you to keep your promise to God. Which leads to one other thing I want to say about today. Ben and Daisy didn't read the second part of this passage, but in the second part of the Scripture in Matthew 16, after Peter's confession, Jesus begins to spell out for Peter what it means to live as a disciple. He talks about himself. He says, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to live a life of sacrifice. I'm going to give my life for the forgiveness of sins. And then he says, if anybody comes after me, if you're going to follow me, you have to do something similar. You have to deny yourself. You have to pick up a cross, voluntary suffering, and follow me. What's interesting in that story is that Peter didn't get it at first. I mean, Peter had the right confession, but he had the wrong conduct. Peter wanted to stay in the driver's seat. He wanted Jesus to follow him. He wanted to call the shots. And so all of that says to me that sometimes the rock can become a stumbling block to others. And so it was with Peter for a time. There's a lesson here. Confession, the confession of faith, has to be validated through your conduct. Belief is not enough unless it is verified by your behavior. You remember what Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount? Not everybody who professes me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom, but he or she who does the will of my Father. Paul says it like this in Philippians, conduct yourselves in a manner that is worthy of the gospel of Jesus. 
It's about conduct. Now, I, I don't know if, if you all, do you all still get report cards at school? You do? Well, that's a good thing. Uh, progress reports, is that what they call them? Okay. I remember report cards. I hate to bring up a sore subject on a good day, but when I was your age, uh, we used to get report cards too, and we'd get them about every six weeks, which for me was a little, a little more often than I wish we had gotten them. And back in my day, I don't know how it works for you, we had to take our cards home in order to get the signature from our parents, which was accountability to make sure that they, they saw what our grades were. And my parents, my mother's here today, so she can vouch for this. My parents were funny about those report cards because they didn't just look at my grades in social studies or history or math or science, though that was very important. They looked at the section just below the grades at the piece called conduct, where the boxes included things like this, uses time wisely, plays well with others, respects his peers, is courteous to teachers, has a good attitude, all of that. So what I discovered in my home is that even if you got all A's, if you got a check mark in conduct, there was going to be trouble at home. Because for some reason, my mother and dad cared about conduct. You can get a 4.0, all A's in your studies, but if your conduct is unbecoming of your confession, it kind of negates the whole deal. Somebody said to me the other day, people stop believing in Jesus when we stop behaving like Jesus. I think that's true. It was the Apostle Paul who said in the love chapter that the most gifted person in the church, if you don't know how to conduct yourself in love, it really doesn't amount to a hill of beans. I want to share one example of this with you. Your parents have heard this story, but I want to share it with you, especially on this day. My wife, whose name is Sherry, her cousin is a pastor in the Florida Conference, and at one time he was a superintendent in Orlando, and I know what you think of when you hear the word Orlando. My wife's cousin's wife, uh, my, Sherry's cousin's wife is named Ramona, and Ramona has a very interesting job. Ramona is a fairy godmother at Disney World. I mean, that's, that's not a bad job, is it? It's not a bad gig. She works at the castle in the Magic Kingdom, and people come from all over the nation, and in fact, all over the world, just to make appointments to bring their little ones for a visit, and she turns them into princes and princesses. This is a good job. She sees a number of Make-A-Wish kids, and she told us one day that there was a special needs child that came to the castle with her parents. She was very ill. She had just a little tuft of hair on her head. And Ramona, in her fairy godmother costume, greeted her, and the parents explained that the child rarely spoke. And in fact, they said it's been some time, almost a year, since she's uttered a single word. The child came into the castle. She was very apprehensive and fearful at first, but Ramona was unhindered. And she made this little girl feel as though she was the only child in the world. And after a few moments, she relaxed and smiled. 
and was absolutely lost in the wonder of the stories that Ramona told. Stories that you know, tales of princesses past like Snow White, like Cinderella and the others. And as Ramona shared her stories, she made this little girl a part of the story. She applied makeup to her face. She sized her head with a wig and bows and then put on the gown and slippers. And then with a wave of her fairy godmother wand, she said, bippity-boppity-boo, may all your wishes and dreams come true. And then she turned the child to the mirror, and when that little girl saw her reflection in the glass, she said, she spoke, look, mommy, I'm beautiful. The tears in her parents' eyes revealed that a prayer had been answered. She became a part of the story. She came into the magic kingdom, a sick little girl, and she left a princess. We live in a fallen world. We live in a troubled time where sometimes it feels as though life has kind of lost its enchantment. But when you hear the gospel story of the Prince of Peace who has given his life as a gift of love, a ransom for many for the forgiveness of our sins, who died and rose again on the third day, when you hear that story and become a part of it, blind eyes begin to see and deaf ears hear and broken hearts feel. And, and I, I know right now we're just looking through a dim glass but today, because of your confession, our faith is confirmed, our identity is renewed, and life is beautiful again. And you don't have to make believe. You just have to believe. May your conduct always match your confession to the glory of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.